It's finally here. The day has come, Tim Leonard. We didn't expect there to be snow on the ground when Tyus Battle declared, but he is going to the NBA, and we've got some thoughts to break down. Yeah, you had to bring up the weather. This snow is terrible. But anyways, Tyus Battle, yes, he is going to the draft. I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. But there's a lot to talk about now. I mean, this roster, if he does go, if he doesn't go, it changes a lot of things for the future of this team and obviously his future as well. All right, so we're going to break down in this FizzCast. Where does Tyus Battle stack up amongst this loaded class? Because top to bottom, you've got NBA caliber guys who maybe could be an all-star one day. Yeah. Seems like everyone. I feel like they say it every year. This is one of the deeper draft classes, but this one really is. When you look at these mock drafts, he's anywhere from late first round to mid-second round because it is loaded. And then we'll also get into where does Syracuse look next year if he does stay in. Because I think you and I early uh, predictions, he's going. Right? Yeah, I think he stays in. Most guys do, but yeah. who knows, man. It took him so long to make the decision. All right, FizzCast, let's go. FizzCast! Without Jerry McEnroe, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. You're watching the Fizz. Okay? Not 10. What's up, Fizz fans? The most brutal thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another episode of the Fizz. And especially when it comes from our people. OrangeFizz.net Christmas in the spring in central New York for the Fizz, for Syracuse sports in general. So much happening, the gift that keeps on giving. Syracuse Athletics, Tyus Battle entering his name into the NBA draft. He's not hiring an agent, though, so uh, there's a chance he comes back. We're going to get to all that here in the FizzCast. Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard. We're back. We're back. We got we, the back call. Yeah, we got, we, got it. we got the back call. First thing, I think we actually texted each other simultaneously. Yes, it's exactly after it, it happened. I don't know if you've ever tried seconds. this experiment with your friends. So we both have iPhones. Full disclaimer. Yeah, um, we're a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> um, but when you try, if you haven't texted someone in a long time, say it's been like a day that's passed, and they're typing, you don't see the three dots. Really? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know that. if you've ever tested that out with your friends. It's always something that's kind of been stirring in my mind, but. I didn't. See, there weren't three dots for you, but our messages sent at the same time. Yes, we we knew what. We I knew. mean, we got the call. And we we were knew. Ready to we go. said, "Hey, Fizzcast two thirty. Right. We we've been waiting for this, and frankly, at the same time, did we really get the back call though? Because it didn't really change much. We kind of thought this was going to be happening, and now we're just going into part two of the yeah. waiting game in a we, way. We even said like we're just waiting to do the Tyus battle declares Fizzcast. Right. So we knew yeah. this was coming. We've got another one on tap. We've got another back call coming later. I guess he's got to decide by May 30th. But, yeah. you know, we kind of expected this. And if you're Tyus battle, I think why not go about it this way? You've really got nothing to lose by testing the waters. So Tyus Battle enters his name into a pool of that's probably about 5,000 players right now. Yeah, of it's people that are excessive. entering the NBA draft without signing an agent. Pretty much anyone and their mothers have entered at this yeah, point. I think I, I'm gonna go to Claire after yeah, this. I, might, I forgot yeah. to tell you. Okay, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wait till maybe four or five o'clock. I'll this wait till afternoon. after you declare, just so I don't overshadow your yeah, news. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, which is which is exactly <laughs> what Tyus Battle me. did to Matthew Moyer. Yeah, he knew yesterday. He definitely knew yesterday. But he decided think. to wait, wait it out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, looking at all this, what does this? I've I've been trying to break down exactly what it means that he waited this long because it seems like everyone has put their name in at this point. You look at all the guys that are putting in right now. I mean, even just today, we've seen Kevin Herter enter his name, 
Jared Vanderbilt enter his name. Um, earlier this week, Dante DiVincenzo, our classic case of the Mal yes. candidate. He might need it named after himself now. We might have to change the we name. We have to change the yeah. name. But it's at the point now where there's no harm in doing it. It's just weird that it took Tyus Battle, a guy who, remember, at the beginning of this year, it seemed pretty consensus that he was going to go. Right. Before the season even started, everyone was expecting, okay, this is Tyus Battle's last year at Syracuse. He's going to go to the NBA draft after this, and then you retool. You're going to have guys like Darius Baisley coming in, Jalen Carey, Buddy Beheim, and then that's not the case anymore. And now there's this chance that Tyus Battle doesn't come back. But the fact that it took this long means there's some type of discrepancy, I think, in his camp. I, I don't want to speculate on that, but either he really wants to go or he really doesn't want to go, and something is pulling him back. From one of those decisions. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, if anything, because like you said... The good co- in the sense of what? The Good in the sense for Syracuse fans okay. that Tyus Battle, I think, is definitely mulling this decision over at the right. very least. And I feel like the consensus after the tournament, even pre-tournament, even like you said before this season, was he's going to go and he's going to jump after his sophomore year and he put up the numbers to put himself in that fringe first round range, so... The fact that it took him this long, I don't know. I mean, it just shows that he was contemplating this a lot. And obviously, if you're contemplating it, I feel like it's a good thing because, like we said, why not go? Why not? Like, it was there from the start. So if he's taking this long to say, okay, I'm going to test the waters and see what's up, like, it shows me that I think he's at least mulling this decision over. And I think overall, it's probably a good thing. But like you said, it's kind of pure speculation anyways. So... I think that he really doesn't want to go. And I think that the reason why it took him this long was maybe his dad was really pressing him to go because I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall. And we'll get into some of these mock drafts in just a little bit, but there are a lot of very talented players that are going into this NBA draft right now. And I think looking next year, and Jim Beheim even said it, I think it was at the spring football game to a couple of guys like, hey, if Tyus waits it out, he's going to be a much better prospect next year. Just look at who's going into this class because there are top to bottom. I mean, even you get into the second round, you could potentially be getting a lottery caliber player. Yeah, it's top to bottom. So stacked. And where does Tyus battle fall into that mold? Who knows? Because right now, when you look at a lot of these mocks and. Granted, who knows how updated they are in, with uh, the news of Tyus Battle declaring maybe these guys were leaving him out because of that, but you just don't know where he falls in just because, A, we're looking at a potentially record-setting number of players that could be entering this draft, and the talent is top to bottom, one of the best we've seen in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. When Malachi Richardson and Tyler Lydon left in the previous two years, each of the past two years— they were kind of consensus 20 to 25 range, I feel like, or yeah. even maybe flirting with the lottery in some boards. We're not seeing Tyus anywhere near that. Now, it's still early, and obviously this is why you go to maybe bolster your stock in the workouts a little bit, and I think he has the opportunity to do that. I feel like he might do that. but I think he can only help himself, yeah, too. for sure. But it is kind of startling when you look at these mock drafts, and I'm sure Tyus was doing the same thing we're doing kind of gazing all these different publications and seeing where does he stack up. It's still early, like I said, but 
we're seeing guys in the late first round that are really good players, and I've seen Tyus' name anywhere from 29, 28 in that late first round to somewhere even in the middle of the second round, 45, 46, 47 mark. So that's not ideal. I mean, that's kind of in that ballpark where you might go and see, okay, I'm still in the second round after these workouts and everything and getting some more feedback and decide to come back because it's just an extremely deep draft, like you said. And the way I see it, too, for for battle is why not declare it really wouldn't make any sense to to not at least throw your name in there. Just get some feedback. This is like a free critique of, of what you can do. So why not just put your name out there, go up against some of these NBA caliber guys that you didn't face in college, and just see where you stack up in all of it. Because when you look at it, I mean, how can Tyus Battle hurt himself by going into this? Because I think that just kind of the Syracuse style – Again, you play the 2-3 defense. There wasn't a lot of coherent offense this year because Battle was no. drawing all <laughs> of the defensive attention. Right. 40 so, minutes a night. Yep, 40 minutes a night. We really saw him start to wear down a little bit towards the end of that year. So I think that when he goes in and shows these NBA scouts what he is, when he can kind of play loose, be himself, and not necessarily be confined to the Syracuse style of basketball— that's going to help his stock a lot. And whether that's going to be good enough for him to move his way into the first round, who knows, given the the talent crop. But I think it's something that's really worth looking into for him. And, and I think it's only going to help him by going to these combine workouts and really proving his stock. Yeah, even if he has the mindset of, I really want to come back and I think I'm going to come back, you still make this decision, I feel like, because... You can you go. You lose nothing. You lose nothing, like like you said. So I think you go into this and you have everything to gain. Best case scenario for him is maybe he shows that he's got a better jump shot than people think, or he's a better defender than people think, or he can score in traffic, which is kind of the knock on him right now that he can't really score in traffic. So if he does that, then maybe he skyrockets himself from a late first round pick next year to a lottery pick next year, and then. He gets that feedback or he even gets feedback and says, all right, this is what I need to work on going into my junior season. And this is what I'm going to work on in my junior season to bolster my stock for when I leave after my junior year. The thing that it's I think it's tough, really, especially in this day and age of basketball, when when you're a junior, you have to be one of the premier players in the country if you're going to end yeah, up being in the lottery. That's what you lose. That, that's sure. that's definitely what he what Tyus Battle would lose if he does end up coming back to Syracuse I mean, because I mean you think about it too when you look at what um what Mikhail Bridges did all right so he he's a redshirt junior or redshirt sophomore yes junior redshirt yeah. junior and he so he's been there for those 4 years but he was one of the top players in the country and that's why he's in that lottery discussion a lot of these guys who are juniors are seniors they're second-round picks. Yeah, look at—here's a couple names. So I, th- I I just don't think Tyus Battle can improve his stock that much by staying around another year because if he does, you, you only wear yourself down a little bit more. At this point, NBA scouts know what you are, especially if you go to the Combine. Yeah, for sure. That That's just putting everything on the table for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, just a couple names that jump out here. You've got Javon Carter, late second round, the West Virginia point guard. Felt like he was in college forever. Right. But uh, Speed Mikhail Luke, Malik Newman's down here, both Kansas guys. Even Devontae Graham, second round guy. All seniors from Kansas that are leaving. 
Grayson Allen is now a second-round guy. I mean, when he was a sophomore in Entias's year, people were talking about him as a lottery pick, and he's fallen all the way to the second round. Right. Jalen Brunson also is kind of late first round. He was obviously the National Player of the Year, most outstanding player of the year. Couldn't what, have had a better college had, career. Right. He had one of the most decorated college careers, and that's where he's ending up. Yeah. Not that this is some type of revelation, but you look at all these guys, and, and they're all falling all the way back, and... I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your screen right now, and Mo Wagner from Michigan, right. a junior. He's, I mean, these are he's all a mid-second rounder and seniors. In pretty much everyone's mock draft, yeah. except for Kevin O'Connor's, because <laughs> he just loves Mo Wagner way too much. But shout out Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, all joking aside, it's it's if you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're just more intriguing because you're younger and you have more longevity less on miles paper. on you right less miles you come into the league you've got more potential everything's on your side so that is kind of if you're doing like a Venn diagram or a pros and cons for Tyus battle that is the pro I feel like to leaving is you're a sophomore and you're just more enticing to an NBA franchise when you're younger yeah I, I completely agree with that I I just I and there's I think a an article came out too about what or how many of these guys exactly come back to school. It's not very high. No. Usually, when you enter your name and don't sign an agent, you have to absolutely tank at the combine. For now, granted, it might be different this year because everyone's entering their name, but you really have to tank at the combine yeah. for yourself to not stay in. I feel like it's just so tempting. Like it's hard for me to say, but. If you put try and put yourself in his shoes, you get kind of a taste of the NBA or you get some people saying like, hey, you can make it, and you just start to buy into it, I feel yeah. like. I feel like it's just only going to make you more likely to go because, A, you can improve your stock in general and kind of put trust in yourself, but also you just you get that taste and you get a little bit of the limelight and it's just you see what's out there, I feel like. All right, so... We've kind of hit on where, or on, on at least some of the second round picks. L let's look at the rest of this draft class as a whole. In terms of shooting guards, all right, which is where Tyus Battle would size up in the NBA, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guards. <laughs> and I remember I was looking at a mock draft the other day, and it's got Lonnie Walker from Miami, a super talented shooting guard, right. a great NBA prospect, and he's going in like the back end of the teens or the early 20s. An NBA franchise is taking Lonnie Walker over Tyus oh, Battle any day. I mean, even if Tyus tests off the charts at the same combine, team, they're still Bruce taking Bruce Brown, him. also kind of a shooting guard from Miami. He's mm -hmm. got more of an NBA build than Battle. There's just a ton of those guys that are out there, a lot from the ACC and a lot from some of the premier conferences around the country, where if you're an NBA franchise, A, they're kind of a, most of them are a year younger than Battle and they just have more of that NBA caliber size or the jumps off the think, page of you more. You don't think Tyus Battle's got NBA Well, I've always thought that uh, of the guys that I've seen come through Syracuse these last like two, I three agree. years, he's been one of the more NBA-ready bodies. Yeah, so I, I let me clarify that. I don't think he doesn't have an NBA-ready body. I feel like he does, but at the same time, like Lonnie Walker just strikes me as like a McDonald's All-American mm -hmm lottery type guy like he's going to the NBA one and done. your classic we, one and done right and we're seeing a lot of those caliber players in the 20 to 25 range and to your point I agree I think Tyus is probably more NBA ready than when Malachi Richardson left similar type of position and Richardson was what 23rd or 24th pick something like that 
middle of the 20s, I think, and mm-hmm. Battle is nowhere around that. So I think that just proves Battle, in my mind, is a better prospect. I think an NBA scout would probably tell you, yeah, I'd probably rather have Tyus Battle right now over Malachi Richardson. But Malachi went higher than him in that draft because it was just not as stocked. Yeah, and then next year, it probably won't be as loaded as it is this year. Granted, we don't know yet because anything can happen. I mean, we even saw Fran Fraschilla. He said someone asked him, "Who is your Trey Young type prospect for next year?" And in terms of like who's a guy who maybe isn't on the radar, is like a, in the thirty yep. range in, in recruiting that is going to shoot, could potentially shoot his way into the lottery. He said Jalen Carey. I've been seeing a lot of good stuff out there about Jalen Carey and tweets and stuff. I mean. Everyone's saying he can fill it up by watching him in some of these McDonald's All-American, or it wasn't the McDonald's game, but the Under Armour game and, and the Jordan game, stuff like that. So I feel like he's he's got potential to go one and done just based on what we're seeing, and obviously his ranking wasn't that far off from Malachi or Tyus. So we mentioned Battle has until May 30th, which is 10 days after the Combine on May 20th, to determine whether or not he's coming back to school. And... At this point, I think that if he goes in, he's going to stay in. I think he's going to get the feedback, too, when he gets there, basically saying, hey, man, you might as well come out now because not a lot's going to change from this year to next year. We know who you are as a player. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you, which is sort of sad for Syracuse fans to hear, I'm sure. But it just feels like, like you said, so many like it's such a high percentage of these players that go in and stay in. And I just don't see a scenario where he goes to the combine and plays poorly or he doesn't bolster his stock in some way, shape, or form in throughout this process. Because remember, Malachi Richardson, again, he, he exploded during the NCAA tournament, which allowed him to go into the draft and not sign the agent. But then he exploded at the combine to the point where yeah. some people were like, man, this could be like a top. 10 top 12 guy granted he wasn't but there was the kind of that talk and buzz around him going into the draft so that's something that Tyus Battle could do and maybe that we're gonna see Syracuse basketball especially this season kind of restricted what Tyus Battle could become as an NBA prospect well if we've learned one thing about Tyus Battle in the two years at Syracuse it's that he rises to the occasion in the big Mm -hmm. games he's even better in the late stages of the big games, he's even better. When they need a bucket or a clutch play, he's been the guy. Even throughout his freshman year, you think of the buzzer beater at Clemson, and obviously this year he was the leader of that team as a sophomore, shouldered all that responsibility, rose to the occasion night in and night out. I don't see how he goes to this combine where this is considered a big game, playing against these prospects where he has to prove that he's better than a lot of these guys to get into that first-round conversation or maybe even the early 20s, and I feel like he's going to rise to the occasion in that game. That's what he's done all his life. That's what he's done all his career. So that's why I'm more inclined to believe that he's going to stay in, just because he's only going to bolster his stock from this point out, I feel like. here, Here's the one kind of lingering thought that I have in my mind of why he might come back is that, again, I said earlier, I think he wants to stay, but he might be getting pushed by his family or or something to to go into the draft, like go get that NBA paycheck or whatever. If that's the case and these NBA scouts tell them, this is who you are, you're a second-round guy, whether you come out this year or next year or the year after that, you're going to be a second-round guy, then 
he might say, okay, if nothing's changing, why not go back to college? Yeah. If, I, if I want to stay here, so why why would I? If nothing's going to change, I, I'm just going to stay. What do you think his ceiling is? Let's just say hypothetically he comes back, doesn't go all the way into the draft, comes back, has another good year. What's best case scenario in terms of his draft status going into junior year or where he would get picked after his junior year? What's his ceiling? Yeah, like I mean, he he could be an absolute world beater in the ACC. Who knows? Because, uh, again, he's going to be the star of the show for Syracuse, a team that should be improved offensively next year, should be about the same defensively, um, if not better, because you're bringing back pretty much every piece that you you were expecting from last season's team. So, to me, I guess he could theoretically work his way into the lottery. I just don't think he will. Right. Because, again, you're going to have O'Shea Brissett's second year. This is a guy who's fighting to get into the lottery and very well could be a lottery pick next year and is, yeah. and is a more intriguing NBA prospect than Tyus Battle. Yeah, I think Tyus comes across as, like, polished or he's, like, well beyond his years when he plays. It's almost like he's peaked. Right, and, and that's a great thing for college basketball and the situation he was in as a sophomore this year, but I just don't know if he can make a leap next year that's so sizable that it's like, okay, I'm at, like I'm gonna come back because of that, because I I don't know I just I don't think best case scenario like you said maybe he sneaks into the lottery even though it's a weaker draft I don't really see that happening and I feel like his game is kind of at the point where it is going to be next year he's going to get better sure but he's not going to get better to the point where he's like getting better because he's got all this untapped potential or. He's a guy like O'Shea Brissett that's kind of figuring out his shot or anything of that nature. He's really kind of peaked, like you said, and he seems to already have everything in his arsenal right now is what he'll have next year. And listen, we say it's a weak draft now, but that's said at this time every year. Yeah. So who knows? Like last year, no one knew that Trey Young was going to explode right. and become this type of player. All we can project Luka Doncic, right now. No one knew who yeah. that was. There's probably a handful of European guys out there that nobody knows about right now that are going to end up being There's some type of lottery of guys. Them. Some freshman is going to have an unreal season. Yeah. And, and, and then you've got the in. three Duke guys. you got the th- four, if you oh, count yeah. Trey Jones, right. too. That's four tw- <laughs> top 12 guys right there. Can Not you imagine to, being him and being, yeah. what is he, 12th in his class? 12th, 12th in the class, yeah. And he's the fourth best recruit on his yep. team. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. Screw Duke. <laughs> <laughs> but, Just had to get that in. Yeah. <laughs> Keep Gerard away from the pool. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I just, there, there's so many unknowns. Like we say now, it's a weak class. Remember, Michael Porter Jr. was supposed to be the number one pick. Bridges. How about him? Yeah, uh, Miles Bridges. Right, Miles Bridges. To clarify, for Michigan State, he comes back. Shocking that he comes back. Was going to be a lottery guy. We're seeing him 10 to 12, maybe even 14 on some of these boards. So he slipped, and that proves, I guess, that this is a deep class. you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, I think back to a couple years ago, Ivan Rabb. I don't know what happened to oh, him. Oh yeah, he was Where supposed to be a lottery. He? he was supposed to be a freshman, one and done. For all I know, he's still in college. Right. And Jalen Brown was on that team with him and right. beat yep. him. He did what everyone thought he was supposed to be. That's true. That's yeah. a name that I've just completely forgot about. He's got to be. Ivan in... Rab might still be in college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he's got to be right in, the, in the G League, I think, or bouncing back. Memphis and Grizzlies. Forth. Okay. Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have a but lot again, of those guys. This was a guy who, team. one and done, was going to be a lottery pick. He goes fifth pick of the second round. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just like I look at this draft, and I know we've kind of touched on this, but there's just so many guys where I'm like, holy cow, like Anfrey Simmons, the guy from IMG Academy that's mm-hmm. obviously skipping his college right. career to People go. People are calling him Trey Young, except he, he can jump. Yeah, and he's like 19 on this SI one I'm looking at right now, and that's kind of the highest I've seen him. He's kind of fringe first round in a lot of cases, and I feel like he was the type of guy where when he was a high school prospect, everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a stud in the NBA. He's going to be a top 10 pick, no-brainer, definitely in the lottery. So many of those names where I'm like, I'd rather have that guy over Tyus Battle, plays a similar type of position, and has a little more potential. Quick sidetrack. So this whole Ivan Rab thing kind of sent me down a wormhole here. I'm looking at the Grizzlies roster right now. It's something else. It is literally all the washed-up college players. Yeah, they've got... There's uh, a Harrison twin on there from Kentucky. Is Sheldon still on there from Kansas? Um, I'm looking around. Uh, Mario Chalmers is on this team. Another Um, Kansas guy. Yep, Wayne Seldon's on here. Ben McLemore. They just have the entire Kansas team on here. Um, it's, Th- there's one, uh, Ivan Rab, I just said. They've got Brooks, um, I think. Dylan from, Brooks, Marshawn yeah. Brooks. So, Deonta Davis. Yeah, Sorry, that's, that, I just had to get that out. Deontay Davis. That's Michigan State, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, Jaron Jackson a, before Jaron Jackson. That's an interesting team. And, yeah. And, I mean, we don't we don't talk much NBA on this program. Yeah. We, we, try we stay, stay away, away from it. Yeah. yeah. We're college guys, but uh, if you want to really go into a wormhole, you could dissect that roster some yeah. more. Talk about just look up YouTube clips of every single guy on that roster. You, yeah. You'll get through. You'll probably cover like seven Final Fours. Yeah, it's all guys that you're like, oh, yeah, like I remember him in college. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know he was in the NBA now. Anyways, I mean, you're talking about Anthony Simons or Simmons. I'm not quite sure how to say his name. It, He's it changes good. Up. Who cares? It, it's like we'll Trayvon Duval. No one knows. <laughs> um, but Shea Gilders Alexander, I think, is another good example. I mean, this was a guy who started the year coming off the bench and then took over Quade's spot. spot and now is one of the top point guard prospects in this class. And not just that, I mean, he, he's one of the top point guard prospects in the class in a class that's got a ton of really good point guards. Yeah. I mean, you think of like Trey Young, Colin Sexton. I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys up in front of them too, but there, there's just all these guys that come out of nowhere. And Tyus Battle is not a guy who can come out of nowhere anymore. I feel like, yeah, and I, I agree, but on the topic of Shea Gilchrist Alexander, I feel like he's just Michael Carter, or excuse me, Michael Kid Gilchrist. I was thinking, or Michael Carter guys. Williams, honestly. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that's just it's, it's too easy. It's like a casual parallel that you can make or a pro comparison, but they've got the hyphen in the name. They've got Kentucky. They're both guards, and I feel like they just fit that vibe. Obviously, Kid Gilchrist hasn't really panned out for being like the third overall pick to the Hornets, but. There's so many guys, like you said, where Gilgis Alexander, he's someone that's kind of, I guess, bolstered his stock throughout the season coming from off the bench, but he's still one of those guys that you look at and you're like, yeah, that's more of an NBA body, NBA build, NBA potential than Tyus Battle. Kevin Knox, even, he's kind of a forward, but same, you know, coming from Kentucky as well, right in that lottery range. I just see too many guys right now. If I'm Tyus Battle, I have to look at this and be like, yeah, this is kind of worrisome because there's so many guys that are not only— And even a guy like Kevin Knox, he was supposed to go in, in like, the top right. seven. Yeah, Maybe I mean— sixth or fifth, and now he's fallen out, and I don't know. I mean, 
It really depends what Tyus Battle wants to do, I think. Because I don't think his stock's going to change very much from this year to next year. Again, yeah. every year we say it, it's going to be next year's going to be a weaker class, and it never is. So where are you at? I think I'm like 50-50. The more we talk about this, the more I'm on the fence. Because initially I felt like the decision took so long, and if it takes him that long to make what we thought was kind of the obvious decision to declare and test the waters and just scope it out a little bit more and take advantage of that, then I thought at first, oh, that's a good thing, but as we look at this roster and we've kind of dissected how he doesn't have a ton of potential to maybe jump even further into the lottery range or anything like that next year, I feel like maybe he just goes this year. So I'm kind of 50-50. I don't know about you. I think he ends up going. I mean, think about it, too. It snowed here yesterday. This is also a factor. (laughs) It snowed in Syracuse on April 19th. Yes. So. It's, uh... It's not the best. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's you, hard you, you to say. You see him like complain just, about it on his snap story too. Like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, I feel like he's been in New Jersey like every single yeah, weekend I mean, lately. Well, that, that's where he is, just discussing this with his I'm parents. I'm sure. Yeah, tr- probably getting some feedback of what he should, shouldn't do going into this whole process. I think he's known his decision for about a week, if I had to guess. Yeah, he's just have kind to of waiting for the right time to kind of unleash everything and, and get ready, but. I think he goes. I think he's going to get enough positive feedback. Yeah. I, I, I just think he's going to only bolster his stock, and this is his best chance to work his way into the first round, yeah. even in a loaded class. He was just waiting for, after we taped Fizz Radio for this yeah. week, he was just spoiling that. One of those Fizz guys <laughs> taping Fizz Radio? Thursday night? Done. <laughs> yeah. Friday morning. All right. Count it. Lock it in. No, I, I think he goes, too, I guess. I'd say I'd say it's 60-40, maybe I'm leaning. I'm, I'm going back and forth, but at the end of the day— like like we've talked about, so many of these guys that test the waters end up going, and I think he's going to bolster his stock. Granted, it might be a little different this year given the numbers, but yeah, still. Yeah, and and also he just has, and also he's just a little more intriguing to a pro team right now when he's coming out of his sophomore year, a year younger. You can't overlook that aspect at all. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just think the younger you are, the more appealing you are going to be. Again, this is a guy who averaged he seemingly played every minute of the ACC literally so, every minute and he dominated and he, yeah. he proved it like he averaged there about was 20 some points per games yeah that that's the thing that i don't get is why 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 is he being punished for averaging 20 points per game and not being considered one of the elite talents in the ACC yeah i just think that was absolutely absurd yeah i don't he did know. not get a lot of respect this year if you're Tyus, and I think it's partially because sorry to cut you off, I, no, I cut no, you off like two times right there. But you're good. <laughs> I think it's because Syracuse was so bad offensively that he wasn't able to really spread his wings, and that's why. Yeah. He got the knock of okay, he can't be a good pl- offensive player because he plays for Syracuse. Yeah, that couldn't have helped at all. I mean, he was controlling so many of those possessions, and it was a lot of ISO ball. I don't know. I feel like and shot clocks. Too. Yeah, it and. I mean, you play 40 minutes a night. Frank Howard and Tyus said, oh, we're used to this. It doesn't really bother us. Beheim might have been paying them to say that or something. I, I mean, obviously that's a joke, but it's <laughs> Beheim doesn't pay players. He doesn't drop bags. Yeah. We, Case we've gone point, down Darius that. Baisley. Yeah, that was proof. But regardless, I just don't see how that, that plays a factor somewhat. You go through the gauntlet of the ACC schedule, a lot of these tough road games, Cameron Indoor, UNC. I mean, they had games. They played UNC and Duke in the same week, and he's playing 40 minutes, just 
countless miles on his body throughout the season. He might season. do it again next year, too. Yeah. I mean, you're playing those two teams three times. Right. Hopefully, given that this roster on paper looks a little deeper, you know, injuries and everything, it's a little too early to say, but hopefully that it's a little deeper, you could see him playing maybe 35, 36 minutes on occasions because I feel like that would really help him. It's just that takes a toll on your body. It had to hurt him somewhat. Yeah, it doesn't help that you rack up all these miles, especially now when we're in the AAU age where these guys are playing year-round, they're going to these tournaments, they're playing like five games in three days and stuff like that. It wears you down, and yeah. I think that's something that these NBA scouts and NBA front offices are really going to start to take into account is we need young guys, we need fresh blood because they haven't gone through this many college seasons, especially with Tyus Battle when you're going to, I mean, it wasn't last year, but this year, you're going to the Sweet 16. You're playing those extra games. You, you're... Um, you're going to like these showcases and stuff like that, like yep. Jordan Brand Classics and McDonald's All-American Games, and you look at all these prospects, they're all doing that these days. They're all playing these extra games, and it it wears down on you. It takes a toll, and I, I just don't think that these NBA teams are going to be as intrigued if he stays in for another another year of college. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we kind of we were waiting for the back call. We got it. And now we've got to wait again. I guess, what's our next back call? Bry- Bryce Golden, maybe? Bryce Golden. Yeah. I, yeah. Bryce I feel Golden. like that's next up. We'll, yeah. we'll be sending simultaneous texts for that one, I'm yeah. sure. But I don't know. I think the waiting game continues. The bottom line is it's probably a good thing that he waited so long and molded over, although it's tough to read into that too much. And at the end of the day, I think there's a little bit of me – that says that he goes, and I'm I'm kind of on the fence, but I say he stays stays in this uh, draft and sticks it out and bolsters his stock until a late first-round pick. So let's look now at Syracuse without Tyus Battle because it, you and I both think he's not going at this point, or, or rather he's not coming back at this point. So this team without Battle, it really feels like it's just the same team as last year. The way that I see it, it's going to struggle offensively, uh, O'Shea Brissett is going to have to really step up and, and kind of emerge as that Tyus Battle-type player where he really almost does everything for them. But along with that, you're going to get in a couple of good freshmen. you got Jalen Carey coming in. I think he has a chance to really light it up, and yeah. he could be that spark offensively. Maybe he slots in and starts if they run him alongside Frank Howard. Because yeah. remember, there's a lot of talk when Battle was here of could he potentially – run the point, but Beheim pretty much shot that down. Again, carries more of a bona fide point guard, but you could run with both of them on the yeah. floor. We saw last year at times when Frank Howard would be on the floor with Howard Washington before he got hurt. Yeah. And run with that three-guard lineup. I, I still think this team's a good amount better than last year, though. At least their ceiling is higher. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get past the Sweet 16, but Very health-contingent, though. Yeah, but, I mean, they were last year. I think they're deeper than last year on paper. Elijah Hughes is a guy that you can slide into the the starting five and kind of take over that Tyus Battle role. So then you basically have the same starting five that you had last year, except you substitute Hughes in for Battle. You've got Jalen Carey off the bench. That's a better six-man or a better bench player than they had compared to anyone on last year's roster, I guess. Sidibe's still there, hopefully healthy after that knee surgery. Maybe you get Bryce Golden, Howard Washington, hopefully recovers in time. And then you've got Buddy Beheim. It's still, I'm still listing. I granted I 
assume that Golden is on the roster, but that's still nine guys right there, or 10 guys even, if you count Golden. So it's deeper than last year on paper, and I know last year was also a lot of injuries and everything. Yes, you lose Matt Moyer. You've already lost him. You might lose Battle. You've already lost Baisley. It's not as good as we once thought it was, or as deep as we once thought it was, but it's still much deeper than last year, and I feel like all these guys are only going to get better, so the ceiling's only going to be higher. Yeah, I, I Elijah Hughes actually skipped over my mind because he's a guy who, again, maybe his numbers don't jump off the page from what he did at East Carolina, but you hear reports that he's going to toe-to-toe with battle and practice of yeah. the best player out there. Right. So, he's the forgotten man, for yeah. sure, because he's basically a member of this recruiting class, but we always say Jalen Carey, Buddy Beheim before Darius Baisley, of course, Yes, he doesn't have the same amount of eligibility years as those guys, but he's coming in this year. I I know, like you said, he didn't have tons of great stats at ECU, but I feel like he does have the potential to kind of seamlessly take over that role, not put up 20 or carry the team-like battle, but he'll put up a good amount of points and definitely be in double digits in my eyes. Yeah, he's he definitely could make an impact right away, and I think he might be the forgotten man moving forward. Um, but... The ceiling on this, I guess it's it's so tough to put a ceiling on a Syracuse team. Yeah, it's so many things I hate change. doing that with this team because things change. The defense is always the great equalizer. Like, if you get into the tournament, you've got the capability to go to the Final Four. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, that's what but they've done the past two times they've been in are, these long runs. Those first and second rounds are heavy advantage to Syracuse, even if you're the underdog. Just because... Even if you're going against Jamie Dixon, he yeah. couldn't even figure it out. The <laughs> the zone buster himself. Yeah. Uh, you go out there, you lose some of your key pieces. If you're TCU, you, can't, you don't have that personnel. Again, Jamie Dixon recruited personnel to beat the zone. He doesn't do that at TCU now. No. So, it's the great equalizer. Not a lot of teams know how to be it. You really only run into a problem maybe if you face an ACC team that's already seen you. Case yeah. being Duke this year. But, right, but even then, Syracuse gave them a run for their money. And Duke, even, yeah. Duke was the most talented team on paper this year, no doubt. Yeah, and I think also one quick point on that is these Duke teams, we know they've fully adapted the one and done. Coach K has sold his soul. The brotherhood mm-hmm. is, no is alive and well. They're not slapping the floor yeah. except when they play zone. Yeah, it's, exactly. They've gone to zone, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is they're not – these guys aren't used to playing the zone. That Pittsburgh team – there were guys like Lamar Jackson comes to mind, or Lamar Patterson. Sorry, I was thinking of the Louisville quarterback. But You're already in NFL draft yeah, mode. Yeah, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. But some of those guys come to mind from Pittsburgh because they were so good against the zone because they played against it every single year and had experience. And there were four-year guys and three-year guys that learned from Jamie Dixon and had experience against that zone. The way college basketball is trending, I think it only benefits the zone, especially in the tournament, because... A lot of these teams are going younger, and a lot of these guys aren't staying for four years, so they won't get that experience playing against his own. All right. Any last thoughts from this? No. I think uh, I think Q's Nation's going to be a little upset, or Fizz Nation's going to be a little upset once they once they hear this, maybe. I feel like we were pretty negative about his prospects of coming back, but that's just kind of the nature of it. I mean, I feel like we're, we're right on. We kind of saw this coming initially, and he's just going to bolster his stock from here, like I said. Yeah, I, I just think he gets into the combine. He can do nothing but go up from there. It's really, I, I just, this is the tightest battle who we think he is, and then he's just going to go in and be even better 
as he moves along. So I, I, I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. I don't think Fizz Nation should be surprised either, no. even though some people may act like it. But this is not a surprising move. Tyus Battle was an NBA caliber prospect the entire season long. He was one of the premier players in the best conference in college basketball, hands down. I don't think that's debatable. And you're just a sophomore and you're doing that. You got to yeah. throw your name out in the ring, even if maybe you don't want to go or maybe your parents don't want you to go. Again, there's also this talk that maybe they the parents want him to play with Khalif Battle, too. That's a whole other thing. So who so knows at this point? Yep. He still has another, what, month and 10 days to decide if he yeah. actually does want to come back. Combine coming up in a month. So he just beat the gun by about two days. Yeah, he'll probably wait till May 30th or May 29th at midnight to let Syracuse fans know about his actual decision now because that's just kind of been the nature of this offseason, just a lot of roller coaster emotions, and I think it's going to continue from here. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the FizzCast. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Aki. As always, we appreciate you listening to the FizzCast. Be sure to check out more episodes like this. Subscribe on iTunes at Orange Fizz. Also, we're online, orangefizz.net, Twitter, Facebook, Orange Fizz. You can catch all our content there. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the day.